Jack Chris here with Now See Here. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our many underwriters and sponsors. We uh, could not do the program without you. We want to welcome Joe T's Wine and Spirits in Ridgeland, Mr. Brent Bailey, who is running for Public Service Commissioner, Merit Media, SettleMyCase.com, Mazda of Jackson, Dr. Michael Sanders, Face Value Health, Danny Bedwell for Mississippi State Senate District 17, Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Foundation, the Carson Law Group, JH&H Architects, Bank First, Benchmark Construction, Farm Bureau Life Insurance, and Hometown Lenders of Mississippi. Thank you so much for your support, and if you'd like to learn how to support Now See Here, the podcast, email me, C-R-I-S-S, Chris Public Relations at gmail.com. Thank you again so much. The views expressed here on Now See Here are not necessarily those of the sponsors, advertisers, Jack Chris, the host, or Roddy Merritt. Hello, I'm Jack Chris. This is the Now See Here podcast, which is, of course, available on anchor.fm slash now see here and on all your favorite media platforms. And we are very honored to be in CC's Coffee House, of course, where we record every Wednesday our professional recordings. We're honored to be here. We're also very honored to have our distinguished uh, guest today, former Governor Ronnie Musgrove of the state of Mississippi. Governor, we were just trying to figure out, I'm going to admit this over the air because we're human and spontaneous, which governor, what numerical rate were you or where were you in line i I never actually thought about it but i think it's 63rd uh i I was uh i followed uh, kurt fordice and i preceded Haley barber so i know that that for sure (laughs) you know when we reference presidents we always say the you know 32nd president or 42nd we don't do that too often with governors Mm -hmm. but it's a pleasure to have you on the now see here podcast and and uh, good for us to reconnect uh Governor, let's let's start at the beginning, as they say, because this is going to be a two-part interview because mm-hmm. you have a very lengthy and storied career, uh, very fascinating career. You're a Batesville native, but your background was not uh, uh, one of, you know, you didn't have the spoon in your mouth. It was it was hard, from what you have told me and from what I know. Could you just start at the beginning and tell us about Ronnie Musgrove's, uh, uh, you know, entrance uh, in the world? Uh, Actually, when you say Batesville, you have uh, increased my standing because I really grew up in the suburbs of Batesville, a small little community called Takawa. And I actually went to uh, school, first of the eighth grade, at Pope, Mississippi, which is about five miles south of Batesville, and then went to high school at South Panola, which is obviously the main high school in Batesville. Uh, My mother and dad were two really, really great people. Uh, They were not formally educated. Uh, My mom dropped out of school in the 10th grade to get married because that's just what a lot of people did. It it was no uh, idea that she wasn't smart or intelligent. It's simply what she did. Later on, when I realized how much she read and the fact that her favorite author was William Faulkner and she had read every one of his books, I realized how smart she was. Not many people can say that. (laughs) Not many people can say that and say it with an idea of how much love they had for him and of his work. My father, on the other hand, was a World War II veteran. He was the oldest person in his family. He dropped out of school in the eighth grade to work 
because again, that's what you did back in the day. And uh, again, a very smart person, uh, but he died when I was seven years old. He was 42, he got pneumonia. And most people in Mississippi will not actually believe this unless you look it up. In the fall, or I should say the winter of 1962 and 63 in Batesville, we had really large snows. In fact, in 1963, the day before Christmas, we had a 15-inch snow. 63? In 63. Right after Kennedy was assassinated. This is correct, in in 1963. And then a week later had a 10-inch snow. Uh, My father worked with the highway department, which is now the Department of Transportation, and no one was prepared for that kind of weather, and they were constantly outside uh, with no fencil aid or anything that you would now think of as basic necessities. Uh, And and he got sick, got pneumonia. Uh, Well, back then, though, Jack, in 1963, no one was provided health care. So my father had no health care. And if you missed work, you didn't get paid. You didn't get paid. And so instead of going to see a doctor for a relatively easy thing to treat today, he, he did not and got sicker and sicker. And and I remember the, the morning Mr. Philip Darby picked him up out of the bed because he was so sick he could not get up out of the bed. I remember him taking him to the hospital and he died before lunch. I- and that's tragic. And I'm not going to play armchair psychologist, but did that enter into your decision to go into politics? What One thing that entered into my decision uh, to be a lawyer and to go into politics uh, was sit, sitting around the table listening to my mom and dad talk. Now, again, in 62 and 63, and I know some of you younger listeners will not believe this, uh, we actually did not have a TV in our home. Uh, I'll never forget, uh, Kay uh, Pratt was the first person in our class to have a TV, a color TV. It was a big deal. And it was a big deal. But So what we did is we sat around the table, and we listened to our mom and dad talk, and we spoke when we were asked. Otherwise, we heard a wide-ranging conversation from two people who were not formally educated, but who were very astute were very community-oriented and really cared about the community. Are we losing that? I'm sidetracking a little bit, but in this day and age where everybody's got this in their hand and they'll even text each other across the room, that, that the parents and the children and the family, community people getting together and talking, are we losing that, Governor? We're losing a lot of it. Uh, but uh, one thing we still do at our home, and Melody uh, insists on it, we insisted on it with our children, and that's turn the TV off, sat down at the table, because that was so impressed upon me when I was little. And, of course, I was only five, six years old, seven uh, turned before my dad died. But I remember them talking about the big events of the day, and, and that had an impression on me. I also remember, didn't know why, he always wanted a lawyer in the family. And... And and I was wondering later on, why would my father, who had not finished the eighth grade, want a lawyer in the family? And I think I figured it out later on in talking to my mom that uh, the only legal work he ever had done in his life was uh, the lawyer who prepared the deed when he bought that small little tract of land. 
and I believe he paid him $5 for the deed, and he thought it was highway robbery. Uh, so so he wanted a lawyer in the family so he wouldn't have to pay those high legal fees. Well, it <laughs> sounds very pragmatic and understandable. Yeah, so, so that, But that had an impression on me, and the fact that they talked politics. Early on, I had a sense of politics being important, policies being important, what we did as a state, but also as a country, were important. Of course, you're seven years old. You lose your father. That's got to be have profound impacts upon you. But also, uh, you, to follow up on what you just discussed, the events of the day, James Meredith uh, integrating Ole Miss in 62 uh, or 63, 62. Uh, you saw that, I guess, from afar, and you were aware of it, certainly. What, what were your thoughts as a young man? Was that discussed at the table? It was discussed by my parents. I don't know you that didn't. I had, had a, uh, a big thought process about it at, at my age, but I do know that those were items that were discussed at the table. I remember the Bay of Pigs being discussed yeah. at the table because that was a big deal. October of 62, and, yeah. And everyone realized that this could be and was a very important event in the history of our country. And, and my parents, like so many other parents, were concerned and discussed it. And as a child, I listened to those things. While I did not have an appreciation or understanding of what those things meant, I knew that it was important to my folks. And if it were important to my folks, then it should be important to me Everybody. as well. And so that's the kind of process that I had. The other one that was really big was when I was in the second grade, Miss Estelle Hubbard, uh, for whatever reason, when we came back from lunch, which was an early lunch, if you're in the second grade, she had the radio on on the back shelf of our room, which was something she never did. But the reason she had the radio on is undoubtedly at lunch, she had heard the news about something happening in Dallas. In Dallas. And so I'll never forget listening to the radio and, and the announcer saying that President Kennedy is dead. And, you know, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, and I want to cover this in the second part, but you were governor when 9-11 took place. I, I was. And I, I, that's certainly going to play a, a big role in our second part of it, the conversation. <laughs> governor Ronnie Musgrove, former governor, governor Ronnie Musgrove of the state of Mississippi is my guest. All right, Governor, let's pick it up. Your father passes away. Does your mother do anything different? Does the family uh, the dynamic or, or situation obviously change, but how so? She goes to work at the Fruit of the Loom uh, to help pay the bills. And uh, all of us worked from as early on as we could remember. My oldest sister uh, married uh, Calvin, my brother-in-law, who passed away uh, about a year ago, uh, but he farmed. And so at an early age, I was able to go spend the summers with them and work with him on the farm to make money. And that's what I did. And, and you know, we didn't know that we had it bad. We thought everyone else right. was about like us. Our teachers treated us well. And, and here's one, another thing from my perspective that had a huge influence on me. I've described what kind of family I came from, my social standing or status in the community was not great. However, I got sick in the first grade and missed uh, at least a couple of weeks, if not more, being in the local quote-unquote hospital, which was really the clinic. And I had pneumonia. 
my first grade teacher for those several weeks came every Thursday to the hospital and spent from three o'clock to six o'clock making sure that I stayed up with my work. And this was only 50 some odd years ago. It wasn't that long ago. It, it, it was not that long ago. But, but today I would have probably had to repeat first right. grade just because of the number of misses. But once again, we did not have a TV in the hospital room. So all that my mom did who loved to read was read with me. So she instilled that in you, I was going to ask. She did, and I'll never forget uh, Miss Catherine, uh, my first grade teacher, telling my mom while I was laying on the bed, you need to slow down, he's going to get ahead of the class in reading. Now, we would never think to tell a child that today <laughs> or a parent that today, but that's what was done. My mother, fortunately, did not listened to her and continued reading with me. And I'll, I'll never forget in the second, third, fourth grade, I read many of my mom's books. Mm -hmm. I read Will Lewis and Mary, Mary Brother Lewis and, and Will Clark. Right. I, I read the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. I read some other books that my mom loved that were not so difficult, certainly uh, was not a William Faulkner book. And at the time I could read it and understand it. And, and I believe that that had a huge influence on me. Jumping ahead again a little bit, uh, you went to Ole Miss. Did. And did you know right off the bat, were you going to fulfill your father's wishes of obtaining a, a Juris Doctorate? Was that what your plans were initially? And what year did you enter Ole I, Miss, Governor? I, I decided when I was eight years old that I wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. So in my, I did a number of things. Tra trajectory. Made, yes. Yeah. That I would look back now and change if I could because uh, it did not follow protocol. But at the same time, that that's what inspired me. Uh, I never thought my undergraduate graduation was nearly important as law school graduation because that's what I wanted to do. However, when you're the first person in your family to ever graduate, and and you look at your mom and say, I need to go work, and I'm just going to graduate in absentia and let them send me my diploma because my real graduation will be law school, I never realized how much I hurt her in that regard because had one of our children told me I'm not going to walk, I would have gotten into a big argument about mm -hmm. that because it's a big deal for the parents Parent, right. as well as it is for the students. So that's one thing I would go back and change uh, if, if you ask me. But but at the same time, to answer your question, it was early on that I determined that I wanted to go to law school. It was early on when I determined that I wanted to go to Ole Miss. The only reason I did not start at Ole Miss is that Northwest offered me several scholarships and an opportunity to go there and have most of my schooling paid for. And, and since I paid for all of my school, in undergraduate and law school, uh, I thought that was the best course to take. So I went to Northwest for two years, had a tremendous uh, experience at Northwest, and then went to Ole Miss. Now, you asked the question when. 
I graduated from high school in 1974. I went to Northwest to 76, and then I was at Ole Miss from 76 to 78. And if some of your listeners are about my age, I graduated in 78 with a number of friends uh, from Jackson that I went to Ole Miss with and then graduated from law school in 81, three years later. And when you were there at Ole Miss and when you were in law school, did you have uh, any particular mentors or, or teachers, professors who really made a profound impact on you? And also, the second part of this question, was it during that time that, that politics entered uh, the picture or your mind? Um, my nickname in high school was Governor. <laughs> I, 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 I somehow hate to admit that. Uh, and, and, and the reason was is, that, again, I was in high school at a time when Watergate took place. It was the first time in my experience in education that our history teachers and our civics teachers and others brought the TV uh, on the rolling cart right, into class right. and actually played it, and we watched the Watergate hearings. We watched some of it. Yeah. And so, so for me, I, I seemed to have an understanding of what was going on. A lot of the members of the class would ask me because they— could basically care less all of the minutiae of what was happening, and I seemed to have an appreciation, and so they kidded me when I was in high school about being in politics and being a part of politics, but that was something that interested me greatly. Jack Chris here with the Now See Here podcast. Governor Ronnie Musgrove is our guest. We've got about uh, seven minutes left of the first part here, Governor. Uh, specifically, after you got out of Ole Miss, what did you do and your first political bid or office, let's go into that. Okay. Uh, you asked me also, people who had an influence. Yes, I'm sorry, uh, mentors. Uh, I had uh, several. Uh, Joanne Reed at Northwest was a real big mentor and a believer in me. Um, I, I ran for state president of Phi Beta Lambda, which is a business organization, and also ran uh, as for national president when I was uh, uh, in my junior year and was elected national president of Phi Beta Lambda, the convention was almost identical to a Republican or Democratic national convention mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the way that it Delegates handled. and that Delegates. kind of thing. It, signs. It, each state uh. would have signs, and, and it was a, a foreshadowing for me of watching that as it played out in my life. Uh, so, yes, th th those were people who had a lot of confidence in me. Uh, and, and in law school, there were a lot of people uh, likewise and a lot of classmates that you develop friendships with that we still have today that I looked up to and respected because they were smart, they were capable, uh, they wanted to help, and they did. And I'm very appreciative of that. Once I started practicing law in Batesville, which is mm -hmm. uh, where I wanted to practice, the state senator decided, Charles Ray Nix, that he was not going to run again for re-election, and it left the seat open. I had a number of people to talk to me uh, about it, and I was interested in the seat. <clears throat> and so as it turned out, there were four great candidates, in my opinion, who ran. Uh, and I was probably the least likely one of the four to to come out as a winner. Uh, but as it turned out, I won the race. Uh, I, I'm not sure there's a house in District 10, Senate District uh, 10, that I did not knock on. Uh, approximately 52,000 people in the Senate District. And I, I believe I simply outworked 
uh, my opponents and, and was elected. Um, a couple of things that happened in the state Senate is that early on, the members uh, of the leadership of the Senate either saw some qualities in me or saw some capabilities in me and actually gave me some assignments that were substantive and had meaning. And I was able to contribute in the Senate early on when, when a lot of times you don't get that opportunity. And again, I'm very grateful for the leadership and the people in the Senate who looked at me and thought I had some capability. And at that time, was Bill Waller governor or uh, William, William, William Winter? But, no, actually, at the time, uh, uh, in 1987 is when I was elected. Oh, I see. So it was 1988 when I took office. Ray Mavis. So Ray Mavis uh, had just won the election uh, in 87, and then he served my first term. And then, of course, Kirk Fordyce beat him uh, in uh, 91. And then my second uh, term as a state senator uh, was uh, under the first term of Kirk Fordyce. I see that was a senior moment with Bill Waller. I've, I've got to forgive me for that. that, that that's but, that's okay because I look old enough to kind of no, been no, at you the don't. Same no, time. you don't. Neither one of us look old <laughs> enough to even remember that. Jack Chris here with the Now See Here podcast. This has been part one of our interview with Governor, former Governor Ronnie Musgrove, and uh, still one of the great advocates for the state of Mississippi. I'm Jack Chris. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for part two. Thank you.